Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. They're longtime friends. Let me tell you something real quick about dibs that I'm sure not everybody knows. <laughs> and first-time partners. Hang in there, big guy. There'll be brighter days ahead. Now these two homegrown Bay Area boys finally come together to take over sports talk. Get the hell off of my doorstep. Major League Baseball, you steam. It's Willard and Dibs. Ah! On 95.7 The Game. I got a fun question for you. Uh, I'll be the judge of that. I knew you'd say that. Of course. Before I ask it, Tim Kawakami in 15 minutes. Okay? Okay. TK. TK Pod. uh, TK's been all over the place. Yeah, TK. TK's getting that that FaceTime. Standing next to Jed York, getting all those stories. So, we'll talk to TK about everything going on because, oh, by the way, we'll weave this into the conversation as well. I know he's been covering the Niners all over the place, uh, but it was TK on this show, I want to say six weeks ago, maybe, somewhere in that neighborhood where he's like, oh, there's going to be a trade for the Warriors. Yeah. Oh, there's going, and I get it. That was the tone then. The tone feels different now, but I want to be ready for anything six days to go. So, TK in 15 minutes. But here's here's the question. Um, And it's two-parter dips, so you got to answer one. And then you got to answer the other. I won't give them both to you at once because then, as we know, you'll only answer the second one. It's one followed by the other. Okay. All right. Are and, and you too, y'all. 888-957-9570. Are the 49ers better now or were they better in 2020, four years ago? Well, that was two questions, but... No, it's one question. They're it's better a, now, Mark. It's an either-or right. question. They are better. Are they better now? They're better now. Okay. Their offense is a lot better. Their defense is a little worse. So, to me, the a lot better of the offense is stronger than the little worse that their defense There you go. Is. So, we're asking for an overall net answer. Right. Can I adjust on the fly and turn it into a three-part question? Oh, let's go. Okay. I'm second, here for it. Second part. Are the Chiefs... Better now than they were four years ago. Defense is a lot better. Mm-hmm. Offense is significantly worse. Okay. The Chiefs. The net is? I think the net is they're the same. They're the same. They're okay. the same. All right. I, I so think the, they're the same. So the Chiefs are the same. The 49ers are better. Chiefs are different, but the net net of it is that they are the same. Are you more or less confident 
this time around. Way more confident. Why? Much more confident. Why? Because the Niners' offense is a lot better, and the defense is only a little bit worse. The Chiefs' offense is worse. Not a lot worse, but they're worse. The defense is a lot better. But I think back to that game four years ago, and the X Factor in all of football is the quarterback. And I have more faith in this quarterback than I had in that quarterback. And I remember watching that Super Bowl and having the Niners be up by 10, thinking, this is a surprise. This is really cool. Can they actually do it? If the Niners are up 10 in this game, my feeling will be, yeah, Niners, you're better. You should be up 10. I'm with you completely. Um, So I accept your answers to the three-part question. I go back to how I felt in the fourth quarter, the Niners up 20-10. to And I have to be honest with what the vibe was then. I was like, huh. Yeah. That, if I was going to make a noise, <laughs> that, was your that, noise. That, that encapsulates how I felt. Huh. huh. And it was like, are they actually going to do this? Right. The answer was no. They were not actually going to do this. But Spoiler I was alert. surprised. <laughs> I was surprised that that was the position they were in. And I don't know if I really knew that I felt that way before the game. Sometimes you don't know until the game actually starts. But the organic emotions that were coming out, surprised. I'm like, so now go back to the beginning. I guess I didn't think they were going to win. I guess I didn't think they were going to win. I didn't think that they would have the Chiefs with just 10 points with seven minutes to go. Right. This time, now maybe it changes at kickoff, but this time I think they're going to win. I think they should win. I am more confident. Here's the issue, Dibs. I think you and I are in the minority. Among Niner fans? Among or, 49er fans. Well, and I saw that the spread has now uh, wriggled back down to a point and a half. It has? That's what I saw. Where do you go, by the way? I was looking at the fan duel. We got a crawl. Okay. Uh, we got some horse racing on, which has me seriously mm, distracted. Yeah. We got the eighth going off at fairgrounds. And there's a horse. Yeah, there are a lot of horses. And... Uh, I thought I saw the FanDuel scroll listed at one and a half. I, where I go, it's still at two. But okay. yeah, it's it's gonna it's gonna play pickleball back and forth. With I would each other check a bit. where I go, but I'm currently in a feud with the people uh, oh. where I go. Okay, because you know they're offering me these. Hey, get back in deals, and I said, dude, that's no deal. It's no deal. So <laughs> why would I want to do well, that? Um, and they've they've had no. Response. I don't know. Maybe it's a good deal. It's not a good deal. It's not a good deal. They have to, I did get the. Email. Like, I haven't placed a bet in a little while. I got one of those emails today. Yeah. Did you know <laughs> that you still have a balance? Yeah, I got the yes, same one. Yes, I do. I do know that, and I'd like to keep it. Thank you very much. But I think we're in the minority. I think. Interesting. I think a lot of you, and I think Grandy and Lucas are two examples. They've already admitted it. In a court of law, mm. known as our phones, where they texted us and said so, they believe that the 49ers are better than they were four years ago, and they are less confident in their chances to win this time around. That, to me, is a wild combination of thoughts, okay. because unless you think that the Chiefs are a lot better than they were four years ago, and well, I won't speak for them. But they're not. I mean, they're clearly well, their defense not. defense is. They're, yes, but they're clearly, they were a clearly less dominant team this year exactly. than they were probably at any point over the, the last Mahomes, four yeah, years. In the yes. Mahomes run, for yes. sure. I agree with that, but I'm just surprised that they would think both of those things together. That you know the Niners are better, but they're not more confident 
in that. That comes to me as a surprise. Uh, let me read exactly uh, what was said here because both of them will also admit that they don't necessarily know why they feel the way they feel. Grandy said, do you think the Niners are better than in 2020? I do, even with the defensive issues. Do you think the Chiefs are worse than in 2020? I do, but I'm also less confident this time around, and I can't really explain it. Maybe that's just being a fan and you have PTSD over the fact that Kansas City beat you four years ago and you don't feel like you know they can actually do this and get it done. That's definitely part of it. Yeah, that's def- like the experience of having lost uh, to this guy to this particular team. Yeah, one time already is is absolutely part of it. Um, the other thing that I think, like my answer, the reason I'm more confident. I, I look at it as much more A to B. Like, last time your quarterback was Jimmy Garoppolo and this time your quarterback's Brock Purdy. That automatically means you have a better chance. You have a better player at the most important position. Good enough? I don't know. One football game. Lots can happen. He's still young. Ball could bounce. He could make a bad decision. I don't know. That's all possible. But... I think proven through all kinds of stats and our eyes, um, the 49ers have a better chance to win a football game when Brock Purdy is quarterbacking it versus Jimmy Garoppolo. But 21 and 5 as a starter. And I think if you wanted to extrapolate that all the way out, you look at McCaffrey versus Raheem Mostert and Tevin Coleman, that's not even close. Joe Staley, great left tackle against Trent Williams. Trent's better than Joe. Apologies, Joe, but Trent is a better player right now than Joe was four years ago. I like where your head's at. Like, is it what position was better four years ago? Give me one. I'm I'm just going through the offense right now, and I'm thinking Kittle now versus Kittle then, and Kittle now is better than Kittle then. Even if you said same. I I guess Kyle Juszczyk is starting to decline maybe a little bit. Ayuk against Emmanuel Sanders? No, no question. No question. And you know Debo Samuel versus I'm I'm hard pressed to even remember who well, the other receiver I, well, was. Well, I would argue, yeah, I would argue Debo has been unlocked in ways now yep. that uh, that that a younger Debo had not even been unlocked in that form yet. You know that running back thing sort of seemed to develop out of two seasons ago when they ended up losing to the Rams in the um, in, in the NFC title game. I don't know that we even knew Debo the same way we know him now at that time. Yeah, I like I I guess we could go around and maybe maybe in the secondary. Yeah. You know, like I like a Jimmy Ward and uh, especially with Hufanga out like yes, I I would argue that their safety position is a little bit compromised as compared to four years ago. But man, you're not going to find a lot of answers there. Nick Bosa was on both teams. Yeah, you're, you're not going to find a lot of answers there as far as where are the Niners worse now than they were four years ago. The defense is where it gets interesting to me because the defense that we know from the last two weeks is different than the defense that we thought was the defense all year. So which defense shows up on Sunday in nine days? Is it the team that looked like a top-three defense for most of the regular season, or is it the defense that got gashed against Detroit? That, to me, is probably where the game ultimately swings either way, because if the defense doesn't play well and Mahomes gets comfortable and Mahomes plays like he did against Baltimore, where he was almost perfect 
He wound up 30 of 39, I think, in that game. He was remarkable. Right, but they scored 17 points. Right, but he had his way. Oh, no, he controlled the ball. Mahomes has been fantastic in the playoffs, but this is part of my point. I can't even really tell you exactly why the Chiefs' offense this year just isn't very dynamic. They're not going to hang 30-something on you. Yeah. Watch, they now go out there. Well, they've only done it three times all year. Right. They're like, it's very unlikely that they're going to go out there and hang 30-something on you. And as a 49er fan, I'm sort of conditioned that if you don't get north of 24, the Niners should win. Now, can the Niners be held to 17? It happened. Happened three weeks in a row. They lost all the games. But again, I'm going by likelihood here. Is it likely that the 49ers are going to get held under 24? No. No. Is it likely that the Chiefs are going to go blow by that number? No. No. Shouldn't we be more confident this time around? I got another answer, by the way, as to why people um, are potentially willing to admit this is a better team, but less confident this time around. There's a second answer that I think is really key. Uh, We'll get that to you next. TK is going to join us. Get online. We'll take your phone calls as soon as TK is done yapping at us. 888-957-9570. Need to get some red and gold and station merch ahead of the big game? Visit breakingtea.com slash 957. That's our merch store. Great stuff in there. We got McCaffrey, Purdy, Debo, some show-specific merch uh, here on Willard and Dibs and the Morning Roast and Steining do all of it. Plus, we're also sponsored by Safeway. This is Willard and Dips. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. He's a busy man, Dibs. Lucas, yeah, our producer. No, very not, no Lucas is oh. not busy. He's not busy. I'm still trying to figure out what he does. I do know uh, what TK does. Tim Kawakami, The Athletic, and the TK Pod, part of the Odyssey family. Um, he... Uh, he doesn't miss a big moment. No. We, we saw you standing next to Jed York like a uh, like a big muckety muck yesterday there, Tim. 
<laughs> yeah, apparently a lot of people saw that. Yeah. It was me, me and Jed together. That's what it was. It was kind of our joint uh, press conference there. We decided <laughs> that we had to say some things. <laughs> it's just hilarious what people react to. Like, I'm just there uh, talking to them, talk to them afterwards. But uh, people seem to react to my reactions to Jed Yard. That was the big news. Yeah. Of, but my I thought you had right great right. balance with your phone, the way you held it. You, you stepped back. I, I thought you had good uh, elegance, good poise. It was well done, Tim. That's how you do it, man. The interviews, uh, there's a style to interviews. It's just hilarious. It's, just, it's funny. It's a group session. You're trying to just uh, make sure you're in there. And, and I, I was not asking that many questions because I was going to talk to them afterwards. So uh, people may view it as they view it, but uh, that's the inside look at the, the, uh, standing around talking to Jed York. Perfect. There it is. Tim Kalkami joining us on the Boxer and Gerson guest line here on Willard and Dibs. What would you make of it, though, Tim? Jed doesn't talk a lot. So this is both a question of why did he choose to speak now and what did you make of what he chose to talk about? Well, he's talked before every Super Bowl uh, in different, like in New Orleans, way back when he talked during the week, uh, the last Super Bowl four years ago, he talked to the same kind of thing. He dropped in on in the media room the, the week before the week before. So this is kind of standard, you know, there's requests for like I had put a request in for him. I'm sure I was by far not the only one. So like John Lynch talked today, obviously John talks more than Jed, but you kind of run your guys through the week before and, you know, instead of backing everything up into this crazy week coming up in Las Vegas. So the, the, there was no surprise he was talking then. And it's a good time to talk. You know, he, he, he is at time. And he's told me like he was on my podcast, I think last year, he doesn't want everyone to look at him like, Hey, you're doing something. No, he, it's Kyle Shanahan and it's John Lynch. You, you kind of get that approach. He's around. You can see him. Uh, but, uh, you know, this is a good time for him to kind of like, you know, what's happened here? Do you, what, what do you think has been successful? You look back on some failures. Uh, I talked to him, of course, about Jim Harbaugh, just the coincidence of Harbaugh having his intro presser at this, almost the same time that Chet was talking yesterday. Um, just kind of, you know, it's, he, he runs this place. He's the one who hired Kyle Shanahan. He's the one who's signed off on all these moves. Uh, I think it was a good time to have him talk about that a little bit. You know, as he's the owner, he can say some things that other people can't say about how, you know, Shanahan told him early in training camp last year that their young last pick of the draft was actually their best quarterback. That hasn't actually been said like that by anybody. Uh, Kyle Shanahan has kind of hinted at that. He, he strongly hinted that to me last beginning of this year, but the owner can go ahead and just say it. Uh, other things that I, you know, I think there was perspective out of Jed that maybe it's been developed over the years. There's kind of a, you know, he didn't say we have to win, we have to win, or the whole thing's over with. He, he had some, you know, context, some patience. And I think that's the bigger picture here. Like, you, you didn't get here by your crazy moves. You got here by your calm, thoughtful, you know, kind of thought out things. And that included, you know, finding your way to Kyle Shannon and John Lynch. It took a while, right? Fired Jim Harbaugh and ended up with Jim Tom Sula. That did not work out. Then that led to Chip Kelly. That did not work out. And kind of through that process, learning process, painful process, whatever it was, all those things, you got to the right place. You got to Kyle Shanahan. You got to John Lynch. Uh, this is our second Super Bowl they've been together. Maybe it's their first championship we'll see uh but you know it, it's not terrible for the owner to talk about this uh you know right now you know kind of away from the super glare of what's going to happen in, you know you don't necessarily want to see a thousand media people in vegas you kind of want to do it in front of the local people that you know and, and that's what that was yesterday 
Is part of what he went through what has led him to be less vocal and less omnipresent in terms of being a vocal owner? Yeah, I mean, you have, first you have to hire the right people, right? I mean, he was popping up all the time because he had announced firings. Uh, and then he had announced a hiring. And then he announced a firing, you know, 11 months later. Uh, you don't want to be that visible because you're coming out and it's always, you know, in terms of failures, in terms of restart, in terms of here's what we got wrong and here's how we'll do it better. You hire the right people and, you know, you don't always know you're going to. They, they, it turns out they did finally with Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. And then you don't need to say as much because guess what? They're the ones running it. They're the ones speaking, you know, about what they've done, explaining what they've done and where they want to go. You hire them to do that stuff. Now, I think the owner should check in sometimes. I think we should hear from the owner for the big picture stuff. Uh, not all the time, but some of the times. But the main people who are talking, who are explaining, who are doing stuff are the general manager and the head coach. And when you hire the right people, the owner does not need to speak that much. I mean, again, I always appreciate when the owner speaks. I always appreciate when Joe Lacob speaks, believe me. But um, this is set up, this franchise is set up for John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan to speak for the team, and they are the ones who do. Tim Kawakami with us, Willard and Dibs. You've been down there talking to everyone, gaining perspective after these two playoff games. So, Tim, I want your perspective. What's up with the defense? <laughs> not playing that good. Uh, you know, they, they have played really well when they needed to, but the yards, especially the, you know, the rushing yards, has been, I think, a shock to them. It's been a surprise to, I think, all of us who follow this team. They have been a very good run defense for the, over the years, recent years at least, and they gave it up to Detroit for sure. Uh, I think there's some issues on the perimeter for sure. I think uh, Talano Hafunga's injury, now I hadn't really thought about that, but you, you know, there's a run stopper. The safety who is a run stopper, who fills the right lane at the right time, they don't have that. I, I don't think Gibson and Jair Brown and or Logan Ryan have played poorly, but we've all seen the replays. There's, there's been some missed angles uh, that may have changed the 15-yard gain into a 50-yard gain maybe or an 8-yard gain into a 20-yard gain. That doesn't always happen with Hafunga, or maybe that's even a forced fumble. Uh, I, I think Chase Young instead of Cleveland Furl, uh, which has happened late because of Furl's injury, has been a difference for sure. And, you know, just a couple little things maybe because they're not dominant-dominant. Uh, they're just, you know, solid. And then you take a couple pieces of that and you add lesser pieces and you go against teams that are game-planning brilliantly, as Detroit did on the 49ers then you maybe have some issues. So um, I just think that there's, you know, it's not been the team that we've seen over the years, but it's also not the same players maybe is, is part of it, at least two of them. And they got the guys are out there just have to play better. You know, there's been some moments where they have not played extra hard, and that's surprising, and they're talking about that this week. Like that's just not, that's, as John Lynch says, non-negotiable. Effort is non-negotiable. And it's been negotiable for a couple plays, hmm. a couple huge plays recently. Um, you know, that's, that, that's just part of a, a team that had a defensive unit for sure that has not played as well as it should. If it doesn't play very well in the Super Bowl, I think the Chiefs are going to win. You know, it's just like, it's as simple as that. I think they know it. Uh, we don't know what the result's going to be, but uh, I, I think what's good about this game for them, I mean, good or bad, is that they know they have to play their premium game. They cannot play a B minus C plus game, and I think they've played B or C games in the NFC playoffs, which is amazing that they've gotten through it. 
but playing by far not their best. And that's offensively and defensively. Uh, you know, Brock Purdy rolls out, you know, uh, a, a, a span like he did in the first half of the last game or most of the previous game, 49ers probably lose. If they give up 180 yards rushing like they did Detroit, the 49ers probably lose. If they don't get, uh, you know, a couple big plays out of Christian McCaffrey, they probably lose. They know all these things. Uh, you hate to say that you need this motivation in the playoffs, but maybe they weren't exactly, you know, razor sharp the last two. They won anyway. Um, that's good to, for them to know. It's good to know that they could come back. It's good to know that this is not a team that panics. It's got some culture. It's got some, you know, understanding of what it takes. But they know that this happens. They go down 24-7 to Patrick Mahomes, they're going to lose. They, I, I don't think I, – I have little doubt about that. And if they have any doubt about that, I'm sure that was erased uh, by any film session they've had so far this week. Yeah, and if you give up 24 to Kansas City, you're doing it wrong because their offense has not been that dynamic. So offensively, though, Tim, for the Niners, how do they go about penetrating a very good Kansas City defense? Well, the Kansas City defense is good. I think it's better than the one that beat the 49ers four years ago. But it does give up some running yards. And that's the surprise of the Ravens game was that they did not try it more because the Ravens are a pretty good running team. Obviously, with Lamar, they're a great running team. When he's he's set loose, foreigners are going to run the ball. I mean, I think that again has been part of the weirdness of the last two games is that they have they run it here and there. They haven't been terrible running it, but they certainly haven't controlled the game running the ball, which is always the Kyle Shanahan goal. You run the ball, you run the ball, and then you play action pass over the top. They have not been able to get to that because they're just not chewing out those six yard, eight yard gains. Uh, they popped a few, but they have not been consistent running the ball. They're going to do that or going to try to do that against the Chiefs. I don't know that they're going to drop the ball, drop back and throw it 40 times and win this game. Not with the way the Chiefs' pass defense is playing. Not the way that pass rush is playing. So I, I think they attack it by the old Kyle Shanahan standby. Maybe 49 fans don't love it, but you win the game that you're supposed to win by winning with a running game. And if they can, stop in the run. Those two things. I thought that was going to be the key to the entire postseason. It has not been because they've been outrushed in these two two games and still won. But the Chiefs with with Patrick Mahomes, it just feels like you you, you try to deflate the game. They did it four years ago, right? For three and a half quarters, they played Mahomes great. By the way, I think it was a better four hundred defense in nineteen than it is now, but similar, some similar players. I think you, you try to run hard, get first downs, move the chains, put pressure on Mahomes. Uh, I think the 49ers pass defense came up to defending Mahomes, we shall, we shall see, and you win it with the running game. You know, Christian McCaffrey, I think, is probably the most important player in this game and, you know, might be able to, you know, win this game almost by himself just by having McCaffrey gives you an advantage over a lot of other teams. Uh, Tim Kawakami, know you got to run real quick before you go. A few weeks ago, you told us there was almost definitely going to be some sort of a Warriors trade. Ha- has your thinking changed? Yeah, I think I know. I'll say as of that moment, that's what I thought. Uh, some things have changed, specifically the Draymond Kaminga Wiggins kind of uh, you know fusion that's looked pretty good. Uh, I-, I think there's a chance of a trade, maybe a pretty good chance of a trade. I don't think it's as major as they were looking at a few weeks ago. I think they were going to, you know, a few weeks ago, they were ready to trade Wiggins for almost anything. Uh, but things change, right? You, you have to judge what you've seen uh, recently. That's what you've got to judge things by. Wiggins has played better. I don't think they trade Wiggins just to trade him anymore. I think they were ready to do that a couple weeks ago because you couldn't play him with Kaminga. 
And if you can't play with Kaminga, you must play Kaminga. But now that you can play them together, I, see, I, I, I can see them going through this maybe with a minor move here or there, nothing major. We'll see. If they get a great offer, they'll do it. But they're not trading Kaminga. And I don't think they've got great offers for anybody else on the roster. They're not trading Curry. Uh, so I don't see the major move right now that I, I was thinking a, a few weeks ago. But, again, that was a few weeks ago. Their games were played. Uh, you know, lineups were shuffled. I think the commitment to Kaminga kind of has settled that down right now. It could change again, you know, in a few days. But at this point, I wouldn't imagine a super busy trade deadline for the Warriors. But we'll see. Always great to have you, my friend. Thank you so much for doing it. Yeah, guys. Anytime. All right, there it is. Tim Kalkami, the TK Pod, part of the Odyssey family, the athletic, joining us here on Willard and Dibs. So, yes, the chances of a Warrior trade have gone way down. And, and I sort of like where the discussion is going with regard to the 49er defense. Like, I, I think you acknowledge both emotions right now at the same time. Yes, 49er fan, nothing can get in the way of your joy. They're in the Super Bowl. But also, what the hell's going on? And Steve Wilkes today yeah, spoke publicly. Yeah, he said it was embarrassing. Embarrassing, Mark. Use that word. Use it. Yes, because it is. Like, I, I will be here to defend the athlete almost every time when it's physical errors and there's actually underlying good play. My God, the Niners are in the Super Bowl. But if we're talking about effort at this level, what are we doing? Right. What is this, Little League? Has there ever in the history of the Super Bowl been press conferences or say, Coach, why did you think of your team's trying effort? What? It's crazy, but you could see it on the film. You're exactly right. And you could I'm sure you saw it in real time, and then when you watch the film and you sit down with your defense in the meeting room and you play back that, that touchdown where you've got Young jogging and Kinlaw trailing and Givens not really busting hump to get in and make a play on that touchdown run. You pause the tape and you look at the room and you go, guys, what are we doing? Classic Mark Willard, what are you doing? What are you doing? doing? The one thing you can't worry about at this stage is effort. You're in the NFC Championship game and you're getting it handed to you and you got guys jogging, jogging around the field? I mean... That is embarrassing. Especially some of the new guys. I mean, Chase Young, you're like, you... You sold under a lucky star, dude. You got traded from the Commanders to the Niners in a contract year. You got Bosa on the opposite end. You have everything sitting there for you. Show the world that you are your draft status. Show the world that you're worth what you think you're worth on the open market next year. And instead, you're putting that on tape, high-fiving Jameer Gibbs as he waltzes into the end zone? you got to be close to him to high-five him. What are you doing? Yeah, seriously. It just- That's cra- it's crazy. And the Niners do, I'll give them this, they do a great job of no matter what happens, that press conference comes around in a couple days, and their vibe is like, we're chilling. I got Yeezys yeah. on. We all get along. Here's George. He's funny. Here's Fred. 
He's really an elder statesman. Here's Nick. Brandon, He's really, right. really mellow. He's very quiet. Here's Brock. He loves Jesus. <laughs> Here's Brandon and Debo. They're cool. Okay, we're all chilling. I don't really buy it. I think there is some stuff going on behind the scenes right now where people are getting verbally undressed in meeting rooms. I think there For is sure. I, there is concern all over the place in terms of how the hell do you put that on tape in the NFC title game? And by the way, I'm even going to point out my guy. I'm he's had a hell of a week of like, wow, NFC championship comeback. Right. But you've looked bad half the time in these playoffs, Brock Purdy. And Tim actually mentioned and, it. And the 49ers are probably wondering why. Right. He's not the guy. He has not looked like the guy that we saw for the majority of the regular season. Green Bay, we all want to say, well, it was wet ball and right. bad conditions. But Detroit, you didn't have that excuse. And the first half, and Tim was talking about giving your B or B-minus effort. Well, they played a D-minus first half. And they probably played an A-minus second half, both sides of the ball. And you can't do that against Kansas City. And I'm with Tim. If you're down 24-7 to to Mahomes at the half, he's not letting you back in. This is not the Detroit Lions, and we're going to bite kneecaps and go for it on fourth down. This is a situation where you can't fall behind Mahomes by 17. No. Well, I mean, in general, you can't fall behind anybody by 17. Right? You don't fall behind by 17 and win the football game. By the way, I don't think the 49ers are going to do that. It's not like they've been making a practice of falling behind by 17. That was one game, and the Lions do have a phenomenal offense. But there are some underlying things here where people are doing uncharacteristic stuff, and I think it has something to do with why the 49ers in the playoffs have been good but not great. We can all admit that. They have not been the absolute best version of themselves. Let's be real. If this matchup had been handed to odds makers three weeks ago, no one's played yet, okay? Or even give the Chiefs their win over Miami in the Ice Bowl, whatever the hell was going on that day. Niners haven't played yet. They're the one seed. If you had said, okay, Vegas, give me your your faux spreads Based on these matchups, what happens if it's Niners Chiefs? Yo, that spreads five and a half. Yeah, I was thinking four and a half, that but spread, you're probably right. That spreads five and a half is my bet. And now it's two slash one and a half. Yeah. And it's because of the stuff we're talking about right now. Well, it's because of both sides, because Kansas City went to Buffalo and won. Fair. And then they went to Baltimore and won. And the way they won against Buffalo, it wasn't flukish. They were trading punches. Back and forth they went until the fourth quarter when things tightened up. Buffalo gave them one. Kansas City coughed one up. Buffalo missed a field goal and you escaped. But then you went to Baltimore and you handled the number one seed. I mean, I mean, you handled them. They yeah. had they scored a touchdown on their opening drive. Baltimore did, and seen that was it until the very end of the game where they took the three, knowing they needed a three and a seven. Yeah, I, I mean, they did. They gagged some stuff up. Obviously, I mean, the one that stands out to me, Zay Flowers fumbles at the one inch line. Yeah, uh, but you know that's that's part of the deal, and it was a good good play made by the Kansas City defender. I'd uh, love to take your phone calls on anything we're discussing. Big Mike is in Alameda. Hey, Big Mike, what are you doing? Hey, man, just listening to the logic that you guys are distributing out. Uh, thank you for taking my call, and happy Friday to everyone. Yes, yes. Um, I really. Yes, 
<laughs> I really don't have much to add. I think uh, the last segment before you guys are speaking about what's going to be the difference in the game, and I just have four small points. I think coaching is obviously going to be the major difference because I do think both teams are equal in talent and in uh, personnel. But it's going to come down to a time period where Shanahan's going to get into a gray area where he's unfamiliar, and he, and his reputation is to panic. And I'm hoping that he can overcome that. I do believe that it's also going to come down to turnovers, turnovers and uh, penalties. You hey, know, the hey, big Mike, the Mike, can I ask you a question? Give me an example of Kyle Shanahan panicking. Well, I'm referring to the 2016 Super Bowl with uh, when he was with the Atlanta Falcons. Okay, you know he might he might over like he might in in a situation where he needs to run a ball, run with McCaffrey, and he might pass, or he might do the other where he may have to pass the ball and he runs situational like situational football like that. Uh, third and one calls, uh, maybe third and five, third and eight, you know, things like that, getting out of third downs where, you know, a solid play can get you out of that situation. That's what I mean. You know what I mean? Because he panicked, you know, in 2016. And I do believe that's what everybody, all the fans are worried about, his reputation. And Andy Reid has been there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. they've been there. Well, I mean, obviously, Kyle's been there, too. They, they, they've been there together. Uh, Big Mike, thank you very much. I'm glad he said that. Um, I listened to Guru and, and, and Evan do a whole segment on this as well, and I just was burning to get in here and ask everybody a question. Why don't you trust Kyle Shanahan? I'm not talking to everybody. A lot of you do. A lot of you have arrived at the same place that like every quarterback he's ever worked with has arrived at. I, I, I would love genuine answers to this question. Why don't you trust Kyle Shanahan? Like the point that was just, he panicked. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. He dropped Matt Ryan back and Matt did not throw the ball away when he could have. We can do Hindsight 2020 on every play call ever. This is my favorite one. Well, in 2020, Mark, the score was 10 to 10, and it was almost halftime, and he turtled up, and he didn't get aggressive with Jimmy Garoppolo. And I'll go, okay, do you think Jimmy was a good quarterback? Well, no, I don't think Jimmy was. Okay, then you just answered your own question. I sort of talked about this a week ago. Does four trips to the NFC title game in five years not earn your trust? Yes or no? Why don't you trust Kyle Shanahan? <laughs> it's wild to me. It's absolutely wild to me. Um, so Football Friday brought to you by Flag and Anthem. And we're presented by Fremont Bank. Full service banking, no compromises. Let's take some calls on this. 888-957-957. It's Willard and Dips. The Road to Vegas is brought to you by Zenny, the official eyewear of the San Francisco 49ers. Shop from over 3,000 styles at 80% off retail prices exclusively at zenny.com. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.